You are listening to the Therefore a Geek podcast, episode number 32. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Therefore a Geek. I'm Andrew, and today I am joined by Kelly Bender and Micah Micah Myers. Hello. Uh, And they are the writer and letterer of a brand new independent book called Snarl. So, Kelly, why don't you start off, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about the book. Sure, yeah. I'm I'm a Canadian um, who's now living in Singapore overseas, and and yeah, just writing comics uh, pretty much full time now, which is which is nice, and it's it's a dream that I never thought I'd be able to do, and and it's great that it's happening. And and yes, uh, Snarl is is a book where the artist uh, Nathan Kelly came to me, and it, it's it's one of the projects he wanted to do himself, and he, like the whole time I was kind of like mentoring him, helping with the writing and stuff like that. And then uh, he, he gives me the script, and he's like, "Can you edit the script for me?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure, not a problem." So. So I, so I look at the script and I, and I go back to him. I'm like, did you want me to edit it or do you want me to rewrite it? And he goes, uh, my wife wants you to rewrite it. <laughs> so like, and, so, and so I'm like, oh, oh, okay, I can do that. He's like, because like, I mean, like, like the first three pages were already drawn the exact same way that they're in the book. They were already drawn that way. And so I just like, I really just took his illustrations and, and wrote like the dialogue over the first four, uh, first three pages, sorry. And then, and then. I just continued on after that, and uh, and it really turned out, I think, amazingly well, and it was a great collaboration. And Nathan and I have uh, worked together on a couple other things, so it was brilliant, and I'm so glad uh, I was able to be part of it. Very cool. So, so he came to you with the, with kind of the the rough script and the idea. So, kind of, what did you? You know, before before we get into that, real quick. So, just yeah. tell us a little bit about what the, what about the book itself, like the kind of the general plot and things for it. Sure. Yeah. Snarl is, 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 is a, we're trying to do it along like lines of true detective type things where we want to, we want to give you supernatural thoughts and, and, and want you to make that where all the evidence, it's all pointed to the supernatural. So like, like, you know, like bigger than, than life werewolves and, you know, demolished bodies and, and disembodied and all that. And, and we just wanted to put it in a little twist on it, but, but it's set in the real world. Right. So, so all the evidence is pointed to the unnatural. On everything, all the evidence is pointed and explained. And so these detectives are trying to figure out how to solve this serial killer type of, of, of crime through unconventional methods because every, all the evidence is pointing somewhere else. And so yeah, that's where we, we got. Uh, that, that's where we got. Uh, sorry, all my buttons are going off my phone. Uh, that's where we got the, the, the premise. But uh, when Nathan actually brought it to me, he wanted to do it straight, full on werewolf zombie type stuff right that, that's that's the initial premise and um and so we talked about it back and forth and and we both agreed that no we want to we, we want to hint to it and allude to it but we want it to be set in the real world and so and so that's where the, the script completely flipped from from the initial uh concept because it was an actual zombie werewolf story to begin with interesting yeah and, and that's actually kind of one of the things I, I really enjoyed about the book is that it, it wasn't yeah, I wouldn't call it a horror book. It really is more like um, 
it's got a lot of an X-Files feel. I hadn't thought about True Detectives, but you're absolutely right. That's got a very True Detectives kind of feel. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was interesting. It's different. You know, so, so often nowadays we get a lot of the, the supernatural, supernatural, but it's actual zombies or actual, you know, vampires or that kind of stuff. Yeah. Where this, there, this, this was, there, there was, there was real world answers for, for everything that was going on. Yeah. And then that's, that, that was the whole thing is that we wanted, we wanted to throw it in, like we wanted you to solve it as the detectives were solving it. Uh, as Detective Bevel and Detective Sagoon were, were solving it, we wanted we wanted you to help find the clues because if you go back and look at the book, like there is clues throughout. Like you know, like 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 even a, don't want to like spoil too much, but like go back and look at the crime scenes, and you'll actually see the witnesses testifying to what they're seeing, right? And but but they're not saying it, but they're showing it, right? And so like right. we wanted to give you clues throughout, and 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 that's the thing is like I've always liked books like that where the answers are there. Like don't just all of a sudden throw out the butler did it, right? Like even though he was never there, like like you know like have have the clues, have throughout, and, and, and yeah, it was a great process, and, 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 it, and it definitely was a very, very tricky uh, book to, 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 to write, because I, I did throw out a lot of stuff that, that we haven't really thought of in a long time, right, like, like, like the, a lot of the, the, the Native American stuff and, and, and all that, like, I mean, that's just, we don't think about that on an everyday basis, and, and so, so I want to throw out stuff like that, and yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I watched True Detective who didn't watch that season? And, and it was really inspiring, and it was great because the whole time it was setting you up, like like the, you know, like there's the voodoo, there was the all the, the the witch doctor type stuff that was happening in True Detective, but at the the very bottom end of the day, it's still a crime, and they had to solve it using detective skills, right? And that's what we wanted. So, yeah, and I said that made, that that grounding in reality, I think, is what gave the book um, probably its strongest quality. So, aside from the the kind of what you mentioned already. You know, taking away some of the the some of the supernatural. What, what kind of other things did you did you bring to the book? Yeah, just the the dialogue and the banter. Um, like I, I brought through the characters and and uh, like so the the characters were already like like we already knew who D- Detective Bevel was. Um, we already knew who Detective Sagoon was, and then um, and then it was just really just bringing in the the villain itself. Uh, the the three people, uh, the three victims in the book that. Um, that we follow through the book. They're actually uh, three of my friends from Singapore here. I just, uh, we needed some characters, needed some names and asked them if they wanted to be in the book and they were all for it. And, and it was a great opportunity for them and they, they absolutely love it. And they get to go to parties now and, and say that they're a comic book character. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> they, they always, at, they always want to know what superpower they're getting. And I'm like, no, you know, you're not getting a superpower. <laughs> and, and you're, you're all going to get die, killed you know? gruesomely. Exactly. And that's the thing is like that, that was even cooler for them. Once they found out, like, I'm like, you don't get a superpower. You, you're going to die, but you don't get to, t- I don't, you don't get to tell me how you're going to die. And then once they found out, they're like, that's even better. Like, that's better than flying. I got, you know, mauled by wolves or I got, you know, whatever my throat slash. So it, it, it was a great experience that way. So yeah, no, it was nice. And then, yeah, once we, once Nathan and I got going on the book, then, um, we, uh, we, we, we brought a colorist in and, uh, Josh Jensen and, and he's absolutely brilliant. He was just great tones for the book. Great, great, great hues. And, and just, he really sets like, we wanted darkness throughout right because i mean we wanted dark shadows we wanted it was taking place at night and we wanted we wanted the, the theme to be dark and, and and the mood to be dark and then we wanted the brightness to be just the splatters of blood and, and he did a great job with that and um and then obviously micah micah's a godsend i mean i'm telling you man that guy that guy that guy saves my butts on more books uh lettering than 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 anybody else and i i brain to have him and he's an awesome awesome letterer so i am a god among men <laughs> you, you are 
So um, we'll come back to the art in a minute. Micah, though, I do want to talk to you about the um, lettering. A couple couple months back, I went to um, a panel uh, Comixology Submit was doing, and they were talking specifically about letterers and how you really need to get a, a, pro- a professional letterer because it's just it's, it's surprisingly not something – People would th- people think they can do it on their own. They really they really can't. It really takes a, a fair amount of, of of skill. How do you how do you go about lettering? How do you approach doing that for a particular story? Um. Well, for first thing you do is you got to look at the art and you know is it a cartoony? Is it a serious? Is it photorealistic? The tone of the book, all that kind of stuff. You pick the different fonts you're going to use, different uh, balloon styles, the colors of the caption boxes. Um, all that depends on the kind of story you're working on, kind of where I start at, and then just get to work, I guess. So do you do you do the lettering by hand, or do you do it on a computer? Oh, on the computer. I've got horrible handwriting. It would not be good. <laughs> it wouldn't work well the other way. Okay. I mean, it, it's, I find it interesting, um, kind of how you, how you go about doing it. We've, we've also talked with inkers, um, and and... A lot of that, you know, th- th- those kind of the lettering and the inking are, are really becoming kind of lost arts and you get fewer and fewer people who really, who re- really, that's what they want to do and that's, and they're so good at it. What, why, what brought you to doing, to doing lettering specifically? Um, I went to school for graphic design or community college, graphic design, and got into the design aspects of typography and all that kind of stuff and... It gave me a way to get into comics because I can't draw, and the color. I've seen what you have to do to color a comic, and that looked way too complicated. <laughs> so, uh, it you know gave me something to do, and it was something to play around with. Uh, I ha- had an overnight job at the time, so it gave me something to do during the day, and I just kept playing with it and playing with it till eventually I got to the point where I said, "Hey, I can I think I can charge somebody for me to do this." And uh, started looking for jobs, and it just grew and grew from there. Yeah, and and, and you've been fortunate uh, over the last you know year or two. You've been picking up some 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 real work. Yeah, here. yeah. It's been a year. Last year, a uh, year and a half is where it's been really picking up. I've been doing it for about three years. Okay. But um, yeah, the last year and a half with uh, picked up Xenoscope and uh, and this book here came out from Alterna. That's pretty cool. And uh, just did a book for Devil's Due that's not going to be out for a couple of months. But, um, yeah, so it's living the dream, I guess. Nice. So, um, Kelly, how, how did you and Micah actually uh, get get uh, connected? Because um, we haven't mentioned you're in Singapore, which yep. is it's, it's 12 time zones away from, from uh, Virginia. <laughs> so you were literally across the planet from us. You were as far away from us as you can get. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I'm from the future. Twelve hours in the future. So, if you want to know who wins the basketball game, just uh, you know, let me know. You can play <laughs> some bets. But uh, no, yeah, it was I, honestly without. Somebody asked me one time in an interview, like, like, what are the what, what are the things that got you into this career? You know, and I and, and the, the the biggest thing is the internet. Like, if I didn't have the internet, uh, there would be no career, right? I mean, like, 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 like Nathan's from from the states. Um, Josh, the colorist, is from the states. Micah's from the States and I'm in Asia. I mean, I just like, I actually met Micah when I was uh, in Canada still. And I think it was through DeviantArt, wasn't it? Or was it just through straight Facebook? I honestly can't remember. It's been so long, but I think, yeah, but it was, I think, uh, 
I think we started working together when Nick had to drop out of a Nick Shaw had to drop out of a book that he was doing for you, and he told you about yeah. me. I think that's how it happened. I think. And God bless Nick for for being too damn busy. Oh yeah, that's how I got <laughs> most of the jobs I've gotten is because Nick uh, Nick Shaw uh, quit a book or he just couldn't fit it into a schedule and uh, gave the person my name. And if it wasn't for Nick, I wouldn't have a lot of the money I have. So. Well, and then the thing is, imagine all those guys who are picking up your the things you can't do now because you're too darn busy, right? Oh yeah. And and, and that, that's the thing. It's like, but, but Andrew, you're saying earlier about like where lettering and and inking is the lost art, and and it really is. But then on like it's one of those things where people can do it, but I'm telling you, man, there's such a difference between somebody who knows how to do it and somebody who doesn't know how to do it, and and it really wrecks your book. Like you can have the best artist in the world, and if they, you put a shitty inker over top of him. It's crap, right? And same thing. Right. I mean, like if this this book, if, if the lettering didn't look right, and like the thing is, like 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 Micah makes it look like it's just, it, it's 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 just in there, you know. Like it's not, it's 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 all part of the art, right? It's all right. one thing, right? Like a bad letter, I mean, it really stands out, you know. And 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 that thing is, and it just takes away so much of it, right? But if you just go in there, it's just all part of the experience, and and that's the, the difference between a good letterer and a bad letter is that. Like like somebody like Micah, he knows where to place the the, the, the balloons, right? He also knows where to, to put the dialogue. He he knows not to take away from what we're trying to show you, and also like just make it look. And like Micah was saying, he 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 actually studies the story. He studies the the illustrations, and he puts the letters based off of and the fonts he uses based off of, of off of that. So it it just becomes like the art, and it's all part of it. So yeah, I I, I was honestly very surprised. Um, at, at that panel, hearing that 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 was that was the biggest thing they 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 recommended was you know get a professional letter. And I mean, now thinking about it and actually looking at comics, it makes perfect sense. But I would have I, that would have never occurred to me on my own. I mean, not in a million years. Then you yeah. haven't seen some bad lettering. Yet. Yeah, <laughs> bad lettering. Really... Much. I've seen. I've definitely seen some bad inking. And part of it was I just hadn't I hadn't been looking for it. I have since started looking for it. I've been fortunate not to come across anything, anything tremendously bad, but then again, I've also been looking at like you know the the big the big Mike Marvel titles and stuff where I expect it to be. The only time uh, lettering really is noticed is when it's bad lettering. So yeah. if you if you do it right, then no one no one knows you're even there. It's a little it's a little rough. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, Michael, we know we notice you're here. We 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 appreciate your work. No respect for the letter. Well, I think I think anybody who does indie comics, like I really think that they should respect everybody that they work with, right? It's it's, it's a full team event, right? Like I look at it like publishing a book is like winning the championship in whatever sport you want to use, right? And, and that's the thing is like like there's always going to be people who, you know, and, like obviously I'm going to use the hockey analogy where like you know there's guys who are there, <laughs> their, their their entire job is to go you know pound and beat up the other guys, you know, and just set the tone type of thing right and right. everybody has a role in every project right and if, if everybody's not playing or, or, or completing their role to the best of their abilities then then it's not going to get published right because i've had books rejected because of colors i've had books rejected because of inkers i've had books rejected because of letters and, and at that point i'm just like no like like let's find guys who, who who get the book out and 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 that way you can start going up the level level of the different higher publishers right yeah no, unfortunately, we don't have, we don't have uh, Nathan, the artist, on here with us. Um, I really did I really did enjoy the art, though. Um, he had a very Mike Mignola kind of style, but it was not a, it wasn't a copycat style. 
yeah, there were I could see some influences um, in there, but but it was certainly it was it was his own style. Yeah, no, he's he's definitely very heavily influenced in Eduardo Rizzo from Hundred Bullets and and um, and Mike Magnola, um, and which is great. I mean, I I like it because it's so refreshing. You know, like like I, I get tired of looking at all the cookie cutter. We all want to draw like David Finch, and there's nothing wrong with the way David Finch draws. David Finch is an absolute brain artist and an absolute brain human being, but they want those cookie cutter illustrators, right? So that so that's you know like. Somebody, you know, like David, you know, he gets sick or can't do a, a book that month. They can just bring in another guy whose <coughs> style similar looks looks very similar, right? But right. I, I love Nathan's art. Like, like I was drawn to Nathan's art. Him and I met on DeviantArt. We were just, like, it was one of those things where we were just in the same kind of group we were in on DeviantArt. And I'm just flipping through and I'm like, what is this? Like, it's, I'm looking at his illustrations. I'm like, this is absolutely brilliant. Like, I love this style. I love it because it's, it is dark. It's noir. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree. The... Um... The art's a very refreshing, a very refreshing style. It's very fitting for the book. Like like he he like he picked a topic and 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 a direction that that really works well for his style. Oh, completely. And then that's the thing is like I, I do that with any illustrator though, right? But but what I what I like about Nathan's is is that a lot of times when I write a script, I'll actually have to remind the illustrator to say you know like switch things up, you know, new panel like. Like there's a lot of driving scenes in Snarl, which could be really, really boring if it wasn't done by somebody like Nathan. Where at the very beginning we're like, dude, like let's not repeat any panels. Like, you know, like like let's just make it like a my movie direction basically. And and like there's amazing panels where like all I'm doing is like you know detective you know Bevel driving and 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 that's pretty much all I write. And then I just do the do the dialogue, and then he comes up with okay, you know, like looking up through the like the camera angles at the at the driver's feet and it's coming looking through the steering wheel and like it's just it's a brilliant perspective and and the thing is like some guys that you just do that and like you know draw detective bevel driving and it's just like that straight flat looking left shot and it just it, it gets boring and that's what the great thing about nathan is he's he's very great in that where sometimes i will say you know like you know elevate the angle you know Elevated shot, you know, forty to five degree angle, looking down. Let's get the scene, and I'll do that. But then he'll add different things in it. So it's it's absolutely brain. He's a, I, I love working with him, and and but yeah, any illustrator I work with, I pretty much, I pretty much go to them and find their art, and we start talking, become friends, and I say, hey, what style do you want to do? Like like, why would I get Nathan Kelly, who draws amazing noir stuff, to draw, you know, like sci-fi or fantasy? It 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 just doesn't doesn't work, right? Right. And, and, so, and same with like Brian Bolando, who's, who's the illustrator on um, Starburn from um, Marcosia. And actually, uh, Micah's uh, been great to, to step in, and he's actually going to do the lettering from issue three and four, um, which is great. So thank, thank you for doing that. And, and the thing is, I mean, I wouldn't get Brian Bolando to draw a noir comic, right? It's just, it's just not their style, and, and it's not their fit. So Yeah, no, I, it, 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 really, it really works very well, and I really, really enjoyed it. There was, there was one panel in particular towards the beginning um, or it's almost like a first person shooter perspective where he's walking in with the two coffee cups yeah. and like I, I've seen it, I've seen panels where you're strictly from their eyes and strictly or strictly from right behind the person, like a third person. I don't know that I've ever seen a panel where you, like it, you're, in, you're in their head hold you know, with the cups out in front of them like that. That was a very, for a second, it, it actually threw me for a second until I stopped and looked at it and I was like, no, 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 this, I like this, this, this is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing is, I think as an artist, you're always challenging. I didn't write that like that. That's the first. I think it's like panel, panel page two. I think it is page two. Yeah, yeah like something panel, like that. Page two, panel three, or something like that. And I, I didn't write like I, like I wrote the dialogue for that, but I didn't write 
the, 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 the storyboarding for that at all. That was all Nathan and that was absolutely brilliant. And, and that's the great thing about Nathan. He's always challenging himself as far as just new angles, new, new perspectives. And I think it's because he studies artists like that, right? Like he studies like Edward Rizzo. He studies Mignola. He studies like just all those noir artists, like even uh, Simone Gigliamini, I think his name is. I don't know how to pronounce his last name from, from near death. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so like you just study guys who do great perspectives like that, right? And and uh, it's just it's brilliant. I mean, but I, I mean, there's so much great books out there that you can use for reference. But even movies you can use for references and stuff like that, right? Because you just wow, I've never seen that camera angle before, right? Like you watch a Quentin Tarantino movie and you're just he's always challenging himself, and it's it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. So obviously, like, like you mentioned, um, Nathan came to you with this this particular story. Um, yeah. For stories that you do yourself, what's kind of what's your process for for writing? How do how do you come up with the ideas and then actually you know go from idea to comic book script? Yeah, so sometimes ideas just come to you. Um, sometimes you're like like sometimes it's a dream. Sometimes it's a just like just wow. Okay, what about this? Right um, now, what I like when I first started out, like you know three years ago, like it was okay. I have an idea for a story. You know, I'm going to write it. I wrote the whole thing, got the entire premise, and it's like, okay, let's find an illustrator to, to, to do the to draw it. But but that was a it was a hard process, but it was also wasn't a very creative process as far as like cause it was all me. And and I and, and when you're dealing with illustrators, like they're artists, right? You can't tie them down, right? So so what I do now is I actually like I said earlier, I just I meet with an illustrator and, and say, okay, you know, like what kind of concepts do you want to work on? And like like for Yakuza Eight Nine Three, for example, with Ida Kunis. Um, him and I, we, we actually were working, at the, we're, we're working with the same company um, on two different projects, but we just, you know, became Facebook friends. We started talking, and and he did my writing, and I digged his art, obviously, and and we're like, hey, what do you want to do? And he's like, dude, I love Yakuza, and I'm like, dude, so do I. Like, I mean, I live in Asia, and, and it's, it's everywhere here, right? And <laughs> and and so he's like, I want, let's do the Yakuza story, and it's like, brilliant, let's do it. And so we just started going back and forth, and um, as far as the concepts go, and, and like, you know, like. He starts drawing the designs of the characters, and I, I go away and I write the concept and the outline of the four issue miniseries, and and then I bring it back to him, and then we, we talk about this, we talk about that, and it's like, hey, what do you want to do? And it's like, great. And then he just lets me go away and write and do the script, and then, but but on the same time, when the art comes in, I'm not really art directing him very much, you know, like like I'll I'll tell him, you know, like panel this, panel that, but but I want him to input as much as as in the art as I put in the script, right? So. It's it's really brilliant that way, and it's a great collaboration, and it's a great way that the artist is motivated, right? Because he owns it, right? It's his story just as much as it is mine, and and that's the great thing is that it goes from there. So it's awesome. Uh, that's no, that's really cool. I mean, so so often, I mean, especially with with a lot of like the big big publishers, there's a lot of a disconnect between artist and writer, you know, or or or, or you're changing. I mean, I was a huge a huge fan of the the, the Jonathan Hickman Avengers run. But I mean, that was changing artists almost every week. That was go that was, or every month. That was driving me nuts. Where you know, I think it's really cool that you've got this this involvement with with your artist, such to the point where where not only you know are, are you discussing how you want to do it, but I mean, you're discussing I mean just the story itself. You know, it really from from cradle to grave almost is kind of is a, is a group effort. That's really cool. Well, and that's the thing is they have ideas as well, right? I mean, like. Like if you get stuck on something, it's like man, like da da da, and they're like, well, what about this? And I'm like, oh yeah, and then it just, and then the next thing you know, like the, the the snowball starts rolling again, right? And 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 it's really brilliant that way because, like, I talk all the time with the illustrators because it's just, you know, like you're talking about perspectives or hey, 
you know, like I'm a little stuck on on this. Like, how do I get to the next step, right? And and I mean, we're we're all learning and we're all growing. And that's the thing is, we're also in the same stage as far as our careers go, right? Like, we all know what we want these books to do and where they want to go. And and then you're always hoping that that book will get picked up and published, and it'll lead to the next book that gets picked up and published, right? And and that's the thing is, I mean, Brian Bolando, for example, on Starburn, like, there's no way this guy's not going to be drawing Marvel or DC in in the next couple of years. Like, he's just He's absolutely brilliant. He's very professional, and he just his stuff looks absolutely amazing. And and the thing is, he, he he we're using Starburn to help him get noticed, right? We're using it to help me get noticed. We're using it to help uh, Kristen Doklamansky, the the anchor, to get noticed, and we're using it to like get Laura Lee noticed, right? And that, that's the whole point is you you you're doing projects that you're passionate about that you love, but they're also purpose projects, right? Like like Snarl, for example, this is Nathan's first ever illustrated comic not even he didn't even do anthology stories like he didn't even do any of that like this is he basically went from a concept we 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 worked on blood and blood out which is a book that we're pitching uh to, to the bigger publishers and i'm actually going to new york comic-con to pitch it to image boom and idw and those guys in only press uh in, in october but we needed to have that published work for nathan so that he had a, a resume right and so right. That they can sh- like they can like, they can see that you've done the work right like in my experience i've learned two things in this industry is that Publishers want to know two things. One, can you make comic books? Can you do the work? Can you put quality work out on a consistent basis? And two, can you sell comic books? Do you have a fan base? Is it a marketable idea? You know, like, do you have followers? And 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 that's that's what you want to show, right? And if you're not showing those things, then heads up, artists, heads up, writers. That's why Image isn't picking your books up. That that's that, that's why Marvel and DC aren't calling your 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 phone. And that's the thing is like you, you got to do the work to, to get work. And and I, I stressed any artist that's out there. Yes, you might have a portfolio and it looks absolutely amazing. But if all you're showing in your portfolio is pinups and covers, every book has one cover and 24 sequential art pages inside. Like, what do you think you should be practicing if you want to work in comic book industry? Right. Like, what do you think you like? That's like want to be a professional soccer player and only working on throw-ins like it just do the work like like you need to show and you were talking about with like like the avengers run and how there's like new artists every time a lot of it's because they can't do it every day right like 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 they hire like marvel hires illustrators all the time because the guys they hire they have great portfolios but they don't know how to do the work right they don't right. know how to do sequential pages or or the level's not there right so so that's it's just getting the work done and and then and doing it and and that's the whole point i mean like micah has, is, 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 is gets better every time he does and it like and it it blows me away that he's already as good as he is and i know he's getting better and and same with the illustrators i work with and same with me like i know like like five years from now i'm gonna look back at some of my earlier stuff and i i hate it already right and and eventually it'll be like like snarl like i, I love snarl and, and it's brilliant it's great but i know 10 years from now you might look at something differently, right? Because like I, I, you might have changed a different panel, you might have changed this, or you might have changed that. But, but it's all it's all a, an evolution. Yeah, and I, I remember hearing an interview with Ed Brubaker talking about some of his early work, and yeah. he was saying how how he would love to go back and just cut out about half of the words. <laughs> he was just yeah. far too wordy. Wanted, would much prefer to get the um, the uh, the illustrations to to do the talking for it. Yeah. Um, the other thing you, you, you mentioned, you were talking about the portfolios. Um, I don't know if you'd seen uh, recently Oni had put out kind of an open submission. Yeah. And specifically, they, they, they are very clear for artists about not, not wanting 
you know, pinups and covers. They want sequential art because that's that's what the that's what the that's what the medium is. Pinups and everything. I mean, that's that's great. That's cool stuff. You can sell it to fans at, at conventions, but it's the sequential art that makes the comic book. It it really is, and and that thing is like, and 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 I think there's a wave that's coming. Like, uh, I'm going to predict it right now that in a couple of years you're not going to have artist alleys where these guys are going to be allowed to sell prints of Spider-Man or prints of Batman anymore. Right? They're they're going to be allowed to do one-offs. And, 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 but it's going to be actually in the, the, like in Asia here, for example, like, like you actually, it, what they do is they actually, in, in Japan, there's actually a, a, a waiver form that in the waiver form it says you're allowed to, on this day, like this set day, you can sell prints, right? Because prints are illegal, right? Like, right. Like, like that's just, it's, it's, that's copyright yeah. infringement. That, that's yeah, just, yeah, that's no, a mo- law. That's most people is, don't right? realize that. that it, yeah, it is, it is absolutely copyright infringement. It's 100% illegal. You do not own the character. You do not have, have the right to do it, right? And, and, and that's the thing. Is, and then so like, I'm going to a creative market here um, in Singapore this Saturday and, uh, to promote Snarl and Starburn. And, and yeah, it's 100% on, in the contract. It says, like, like when you sign up for, for your table, it says, I 100% own the rights to the characters or the illustrations that I am, that I am selling. No prints are allowed. Um, you can, and you're allowed to do fan art, right? Like one drawing, you're allowed to do that. That's illegal, but but prints are 100% illegal, right? And and so, but it's great. I think I think what that's going to do, and it, part of me wants them to do it, and part of me doesn't. But but part of me wants them to do it for the fact that it's if that happens, and that's the equivalent of your parents saying, "Dude, you just graduated high school. You have a choice. You can either get a job, or you can go to school." You know what I mean? Like like. But, but, but these guys, like, the money's there for the prints, and that's why the guys are doing it, and it's easy money, and they are selling it. But it's also frustrating to me as, as a creator-owned guy who, you know, like, like The Walking Dead, for example. Like, like how many prints of The Walking Dead are being sold? And it's like, dude, like, I, I know Robert Kirkman doesn't need any more money, but right. it's one of those things where it, it just, you know, like, it, 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 it irks me that, you know what, like, I would rather you take your talent and do your own thing. You know, like, like in, if, if they'd spend as much time working on sequential art and getting out their own, they'd have five books out already. And guess what? They would be working for Marvel and DC if that's yeah. what they really want to do. Right. Or, or they would be illustrating a book for, for, for image comics. Right. And, and, but they just see the quick art and they just see it, that they, they see the quick money and, and they want to go do it. And, and it's, it's a really, it's a weird catch 22 thing, but, um, but yeah, I think the wave is coming where the, the onus will be on the comic cons. The pressure will come on them and saying, okay, it's in the contract that you own it. Right. Yeah, and, well, I mean, we've seen started seeing that a little bit in the last couple of years. Again, just starting to apply for for booths and stuff. You know, the start conventions are getting very clear about things like bootleg bootleg DVDs and stuff like that. They're cracking yeah. down on that. And I think I think you're right. I think prints are next. And you know, there's the part of me that really likes buying prints because they're fun. But then I can also understand. You know, these are copy. This is copyrighted material. This is a business. And you know, there's a point where it, which we do need to respect that. Yeah, and then the other thing about it is, I mean, like you can, you, like most prints are cheaper than getting it done from the original guy, right? So, oh yeah, a lot of us, like, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to spend 150 dollars for for an original print, right? But I'm also not going to spend 20 dollars for a fake print, like, like that's just, I, 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 I'm not an art collector, right? In that in that aspect, but the thing is, I mean, that's what they're doing in Asia. In Asia, like, they're doing it in all the contracts because <laughs> weird bit of legal stuff is that it's actually easier to get people on breach of contract than it is copyright infringement. So, so by putting it in the contract of the con that, that they're saying that you, yes, I, I, you know, Kelly Bender hundred percent own the rights then, then, and if you violate it, then it's easier to charge you and it's easier to confiscate your stuff and it's easier to, to, 
charged with a crime, right? Because it's easier to get on on breach of contract than copyright infringement. So that's that's where I think it'll come through, and then they'll do that. And it's 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 one of those weird things where where like where do you go next? Like, do you then like all of a sudden do you start going after the cosplayers who get paid to be cosplayers because if if they're cosplaying you know Deadpool and they get paid to to do that, then they don't own the rights for that either, right? So, right. so it's, it's a weird slippery slope, but uh, but I, I really hope in the end it just comes around to that that people just do actual work, right, and then do their own work and 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 get it out. And yeah, I really hope that happens with a lot of artists because there's a lot of brilliantly talented illustrators out there. But I just wish that they would do the sequential art. I really do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, Michael, what uh, what do you have coming up uh, coming out soon? In the in the in the near term that you can that you can talk about, that I can talk about now. There's, oh man, I don't even. I've done a lot of uh, pitch stories lately that I can't really talk about because they may or may not even be picked up. Uh, I just finished lettering Solitary Number Four. That's going to be coming out for Devil's Due, but that's not going to be for another couple of months. Um, I've been lettering a book for um, Xenoscope that's going to come out digitally. It's a series called Guardians. It's funny little uh, heaven and hell kind of story. Um, there's, there's a lot of stuff. I don't need, the thing with being a letterer, too, is I don't know what I can and can't talk about because I don't own anything. Right. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know when, uh, when things are actually coming out or when, what is good and what's not good to talk about. We got Starburn issue three coming out. Oh, yeah, there's that too. I forgot about that. From from Arcosia. Yeah, from Arcosia coming out. Yeah, and then that that, that that series should be wrapping up uh, by the summer, and then it'll be printed in trade, and then it's going to de- debut in uh, the UK at London MegaCon, and then but it'll also be here in Singapore, and I'll also have copies at New York Comic Con. Nice. Um, just you know, you know, something you mentioned here for a second. You mentioned you know some book coming out in a couple months. So, at least from 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 your experience so far. Kind of from the point you get you get the you get the the material to letter and then you actually see it in publication. Is there kind of a consistent uh, well, time span? The, on that? Z- the Xenoscope stuff, I'll get it uh, to letter and I'll get done and they'll tell me I have it you know be done by a certain day and it'll be in stores two three weeks. Oh wow, that's a really fast turnaround. Yeah, because wow. I mean they solicit it way in advance but they don't ever solicit the letter or the usually they don't even solicit the colorist because that's that hasn't even been done yet okay so uh yeah so I, i'll letter it and because usually the lettering is the last thing that gets done anyway and so when i'm done they send it off to a printer like i've with working with xenoscope sometimes you know, they'll send me after i finish something they'll say a couple days later like hey you need to fix this one thing because we're sending it right now um, so Kelly, what about you? What about you? What do you, uh, what do you have coming oh, yeah. out in the near future that you can talk about? Oh, uh, quite a bit of stuff actually. Uh, so yeah, so, uh, Snarl just premiered on Comicsology. People can get there, uh, from Alternative Comics. And then I got, um, Starburn issue two coming out, uh, through Comicsology through Marcosia, uh, that comes out. And then two months later, issue three will come out, um, with, with Mike on the letters. And then we got Sadistic coming out from Insane Comics. That'll be coming out, I believe, in end of June or first week of July. Uh, I'm also and, lettering uh, that. Is on the letters in that. Forgot about that one. And too. then I got, uh, and then I got a clause. Um, clause uh, is coming out through Insane Comics as well. Uh, I should be announcing. I can't announce it yet because the contracts aren't through and all that. But uh, I was announcing um, that Death Rattler actually got picked up. Uh, 
by a publisher, and that'll be published as well. And Mike is on the letters for that as well. And um, yeah, so we we got some stuff coming out, and 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 hopefully some more uh, pitches coming through. So it's been it's been really good. Very nice. Oh, yeah, and I just remembered another book, um, All Hallows Eve. Uh, one and two is already out. It's from Two One Five Inc. It's in Comicsology. Uh, it's horror, just really amazing, really cool art. Real, I can't think of the guy's name who drew it, but it um, real unique looking, just terrifying, creepy little book. But nice. I think there's also uh, I've done three, and I think four. I think the guy told me just the other day, uh, Trevor Luckman, who's writing it, he told me that uh, four should be on my way soon to letter. So. I believe it's going to be six overall, six issues overall. That's another cool book. Awesome. It's on Comicsology now that check out. Very nice. Um, so wrapping things up, typically we just kind of ask ask the guests uh, what they've been into lately. So, Michael, why don't you start us off? Um, I reading comics. Uh, see the Secret Secret Wars was pretty. I haven't read the second issue yet. Secret Wars number one was really cool. The whole I don't know if either of y'all read that. I did. You did. Yeah, the whole. Pretty much all of Marvel got destroyed. That was pretty. I read that just last night. It was, oh well, every everyone's dead. And of course, you know, comics, everything comes back, and of course, <laughs> right. because you know, you know, I mean, you know, everybody's not going to stay dead. But still, it was just like, wow, ev- everyone just died. And that's how it ends. The first issue ends with everyone's dead. Yeah, you're like, all right, they actually pulled the trigger. They actually did it. All right, yeah. good for them. That that usually only happens when the company declares bankruptcy. <laughs> <laughs> But not for long, because someone will buy the someone will buy the uh, the intellectual property. Yeah, exactly. And then we get Watchmen. Oh yeah. <laughs> so Kelly, what about you? Uh, yeah, I I don't do the Marvel DC stuff. I'm I'm all creator owned uh, Image and Boom stuff. Uh, I'm I'm absolutely loving Copperhead right now by Image. I think that's oh, that's a really cool Image. book. Yes, that's a really uh, awesome it's, book. It's, it's brilliant concept, great art, great everything. It's just absolutely brilliant. Um, I love Saga, obviously. Um, oh, I just read the yeah. Love Saga. I just read the last uh, the most recent issue uh, yesterday. Okay, no, no, awesome. I'm, I'm 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 not there yet. I'm not I, 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 yet. I won't say it. I'm just it was, I'm, I'm two issues good. behind. It was good. Um, yeah, I love Curb Stomp. Uh, that's a boom book. Um, by Ryan Fair. That's absolutely brilliant as well. Um, yeah, I bought that. Uh, Daymen's a really good boom book as well. Which one was that one? Uh, it's a great uh, Day Men. Okay. By uh, Boom. Uh, it's about vampires and certain sects of them. Uh, it's not sex, obviously, but sex. S E C T. Thank you. <laughs> um, I enunciate that one, but uh, yeah, that they can actually uh, go out during the day, which is which is a brilliant concept. So, uh, no, I, it, there's a lot of great creator out stuff. Uh, creator own. I mean, obviously, who doesn't love anything that Brew Breaker, Ed Brewbreaker puts out? Um, love Criminal. Love 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 uh, Greg Greg Rooka as well. Oh, Love yeah. anything Brian K. Vaughn puts out. Um, yeah, like just reading some great comic books. Nice. Uh, Dave is another uh, Ryan Ferrier, the guy you're talking about. Yes. He does uh, Curve Stomp. Dave or D four V E. That's another. That's yeah. a super fun book that you know, robots. Uh, you know, robots took over the world and killed all the humans, killed every alien in space, and then just kind of now they just live human lives, <laughs> and then all of a sudden more aliens show up and. They all gotta, you know, one the one main character's gotta go and kick butt again, and he's all excited because he's been working some, you know, crappy office job when he used to be the alien killing machine. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's a real fun book that you don't. Yeah. You know, I, the, yeah. Brian thing, Fair is absolutely brand. Yeah, kind of thing you don't get. You know, like you said, you don't read Marvel and DC. It's kind of thing you you don't you're not gonna get anywhere else except for creator own books. Very nice. Um. So, Michael, where can we, uh, where can people find more of your work? 
Where can they find you? Twitter, Facebook, etc. Uh, uh, Facebook slash Micah Myers at Micah Myers on Twitter, and I have a um, portfolio. It's MicahMyers.daportfolio.com. I'm working on getting an actual website, so it'd be a lot easier to, for people to find me. But till then, that's where you can see all my you know exam examples of things I've done. Kelly, what about you? Yeah, I'm on typical social media. So I'm on, on Facebook, uh, Kelly Bender. Uh, just look for the guy who's from Singapore, the, the white guy in Singapore. <laughs> um, and then uh, Twitter, I'm at Kelly Bender 17. And then um, I'm pretty sure I'm that on Pinterest and the rest of them as well, uh, at Kelly Bender 17. So. Okay. Well, guys, I really appreciate you uh, you coming on. Um, you know, for everyone listening, make sure you go check out Snarl. He's like you said, it's available on Comixology. Um, it's a nice, it's a 40 page self-contained book, 40 pages. And I think it's only a dollar 99. Yeah. I really, I really yeah. enjoyed it. It's definitely worth, definitely worth, uh, definitely worth reading and, uh, pass it along to everyone. Awesome. Thanks so much for having us, Andrew. And, uh, Mika, it's great talking to you, bud. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Or my, my, Micah, sorry. It's you okay. My name's been said wrong my entire life since it's Micah Myers. Everyone wants to say Michael or Mike. So right. I'm used to uh. it. I'm either I'm either Kenny or Carrie or yeah usually not Kelly. Nice. All right, so folks, once again, if you like what we do, head on over to thereforeageek.com. Check out our blog posts and our uh, podcasts. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com/thereforeageek, on Twitter at thereforeageek, and Tracy, who is not with us, is at Mary Eyes. And you can also find this podcast and others on iTunes and on Stitcher. Once again, guys, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. I'm Andrew, and you've been listening to Therefore I Geek.